Today's show is sponsored by Foreground Publishing, premium pre-painted MDF terrain perfect for your Warhammer 40k 9th edition games, as seen on the Vanguard Tactics stream and battle reports. Just unbox, build and play. And to order your set of terrain, just head over to www.foregroundpublishing.co.uk. This podcast is sponsored by C Studios, the leading commission painting service for tabletop miniatures. From placing your order, seeing the work in progress, and receiving your stunning new models, Siege Studios delivers an incredible service and experience. One of the most exciting days I can ensure you is receiving that parcel at the door and unwrapping the best gift ever. To find out more about getting your army commissioned painted by the professionals, check out www.siegestudios.co.uk. Welcome to the Competitive 40K Podcast, brought to you by Vanguard Tactics, 40K Codex Analysis, List Building, Strategy Development, Game Theory, Mentoring, our mission to help you become a better player and to raise the level of the game both on and off the tabletop. Here's your host, Stephen Box. Welcome to the Competitive 40K Podcast. This is episode number four, and I'm your host, Stephen Box. And today, joined with Jack Downing. How are you doing, Jack? I'm all good, Steve. Glad to be back again. Episode four already, flying through season three. Oh, mate, we're um, we've had so many codexes to review, haven't we? Yes, it's uh, it's a uh, lot, lot to keep up with. But hopefully, this podcast is a great source to help uh, everyone get up to speed. Yeah, and I think the feedback so far has been excellent in terms of the level of you know detail that we've gone into. Um, I know a lot of people really enjoyed last week's Death Guard one, uh, where we spoke at length with not only yourself about the overall um, themes that we can see from the book, but then also the application, which Max went into some great detail through. So um, yeah, all good. But we do have a little announcement to make today, and this is something that um, we've been working on for a little while now, but obviously I wasn't sure if I could say it, and I th- we officially can. Vanguard Tactics is playtesting for Games Workshop. Happy days. Pretty big, right? Yeah. It's, um, no, well, congratulations to, to, to yourself, Stephen, there. And um, I know yourself and Joe have been putting a hard, lot of hard work in to, to get to that point in particular, but uh, it's, uh, it's absolutely great to hear. Yeah, it's um, you know, for me it was a massive career um goal of mine. Even when I first got into the hobby, um, I learned about playtests and I thought that sounds awesome. I'd love to do that one day, and, that, and that's something that I've always strived to do. And it was in a very exciting day um when um, Games Workshop reached out to me. Um, and it's it's been a huge honour, you know, working on um some of the different projects and things that they've got us doing, and then seeing that come to light has been incredible. So it's been a huge honour. Um, it's a lot of work, and uh, but. Again, it's just a really, really rewarding as well. So I can honestly say that the game is the best I think it's ever been. And uh, I'm really excited about the future. So um, yeah, I just wanted to tell you guys. So hopefully now when we are talking about things, we're saying it from a little bit of a place of we understand the intent of how things should be played. So um, which is going to be awesome just to sort of clear up some clarities and kind of know what what's what. Um, and look, we're still going to get things wrong. Uh, the game is massively, uh, it, you know, sort of varied and, you know, there's so many words and books and stratagems and abilities and things, but ultimately we're going to give you guys the best um, service that we possibly can in terms of the content that we deliver. 
So today we're going to be talking about Dark Angels. Uh, close to your heart, Ajax, the Dark Angels. Absolutely love Dark Angels. They were, um, in particular, the Ravenwing. I remember when I, when I was a kid, when I was first into the hobby, looking at a white dwarf and a full Ravenwing army. And I thought, oh, this is so cool. Um, but money was a bit of an issue back, there, back those days. So it was uh, the impossible dream. Now I'm a so-called adult. Uh, it's now those dreams become a possibility. And, you know, ever since 8th and up to this point, Ravenwing has been okay. It's But now it's looking like, you know, in this in this new codex, certainly a, a playable faction as well as all the other wings in Dark Angels. So uh, absolutely buzzing. You've been spoiled, mate, haven't you? The last two weeks. Been Death Guard. Yeah. Now this one. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Wow. You've been like, all your chickens have come at once. Yeah, just just need that last uh, fish to come along, and then we'll be all right, won't we? You've got the full buffet. <laughs> um, no, that will be. Um, no, I think it's good. So we're going to dive in today with our usual codex review to give you the kind of insights as to where we're at. Jack um, or myself will share one of our lists, and we'll put that over on the blog page where you know where to find out over on our website now. Um, so let's go into Jack. I'm going to interview you because you are the expert here. I am just the. Um, the, the host of the show. No pressure. No pressure, mate. Um, first impressions, what do you think? So, again, I think this this is going to replicate the Death Guard. Absolutely great book. It's There's so many interesting choices and options, again. And the, the lists you can put out and the, and the play style, you know, that's definitely replicated in the three wings of the Dark Angels, the Death Wing, the Raven Wing, and the Green Wing. And just... You know, looking at this book alongside the Space Marine Codex, you can make some really interesting and varied armies. Absolute knockout. I think the, again, the obvious power has kind of been removed, like those fight twice and that kind of stuff's gone, or is heavily restricted. I think that the internet's jumped on, um, you know, the Raven Wing and pre-game move with these Black Knights and smash into your lines, which they can, but they also run out of CP on turn one. And then you're playing, you're playing four turns of the game and no CP. So it's it's a balancing act. It's um, yeah, it's, it's really interesting, and I managed to get a few few games in with them. And um, it's uh, it's definitely got some good cool tricks to, to lean into. Yeah, it, it seems like from my reading anyway that the Dark Angels are extremely versatile. You know, like I talk about with the Blood Angels, if you're not, if you don't have a jump pack and you don't have a chainsword, then mm-hmm. you're not a Blood Angel. But I think with Dark Angels in particular, there's no real build to massively lean into. You could go complete mobility, you could go utter durability, or you could go for, you know, just outright shooting potential as well. So uh, the that just gives you so much versatility when it comes to armyless building, which is absolutely awesome. So, Jack, what was the appeal for you then with the Dark Angels? Well, well basically, the Dark Angels is almost three armies in one. It's got the, the Deathwing, which are um, predominantly Terminators, but there's ways to bring in Dreadnoughts and uh, transports into the Deathwing as well. You've got the Ravenwing, which is the, the the bikes and the speeders and all the fast, hard-hitting shooting units. And then they've got their traditional kind of Space Marine portion, which is the Greenwing, which is you're your, your, your in your Primaris and your, you know, uh, tactical Marines and st- stuff like that. So you've got three different choices, which you can you could go all into one or you could do a mix and match. Uh, I think we'll talk about some of the archetypes of the builds that you could see uh, a bit later on. But it, it's not, it, it feels just more than just one Space Marine faction when you pick up the Dark Angels. Yeah, 
No, I think it's, um, like I said, extremely versatile, which is great. I mean, Games Workshop have done, I think, a really good way of seeing that and going, okay, if you want to play this, we're going to reward you. We're going to allow you to do this and give you some unlockable things that we're going to talk about shortly. Yeah, nice. So what is it you need in order to play the Dark Angels? So you need your uh, Space Marine Codex, your newly released Dark Angel Supplement, and then the Imperial Armour Compendium. Oh, if you fancy a bit of Forge World, eh? You want to splash yeah. out a bit? Absolutely. I felt sure there's some tasty options in that book to, to play alongside these guys. Yeah, no, absolutely. Okay, nice. So let's dive into a little bit more of the um, specific rules then. Um, why play Death or why play the Dark Angels? So um, first and foremost, you get access to the full Space Marine Codex. So that includes units, Warlord traits, stratagems, relics, psychic powers, etc. So you've got all of that access to that massive codex. So you've got that as a your kind of a baseline. And then you've got your, all your specialist units that come in the Dark Angels books, like your, your Deathwing Knights, your Black Knights, Talonmasters, uh, etc. So you get a massive access to different types of units, much like the Blood Angels and Death Watch as well. Yeah, and like the Space Wolves. Is there any limitations yeah. though? Is there anything you can't take as a Dark Angel player? Oof, oh, God, you're throwing a curveball at me. Mate, you know oh. it. I, li- I like to. Oh, uh, I'd, I'd have to grab the codex and That's all right. find that don't, out. I don't think there is anything um, that I can't remember. Like, It's not like you can't take a librarian or anything like that. So I think there are, there's just a few different name changes, isn't there? So like you can take a strike master, which is basically another word for, um, I think, like a captain. Um, it's a and Sorry, a lieutenant. And then obviously you've got the Talon Master, which is the lieutenant version, but in a uh, land speeder. So you've got those options. Um, yeah. And I actually think you've got plenty of options when it comes to, um, you know, different character builds and things. So, um, and then you've got like your, your Deathwing specific bits and bobs, which we'll touch on in a bit more detail. But yeah, I don't think there's anything in particular that you don't get full access to, but um, I'm sure if we're wrong, we'll let you know next week on the podcast. But Jack, we'll, we can look into that in more detail. So what next then? What is the detachment ability or what is the main ability, even before we go into detachment ability, what is Dark Angel's main um, ability that they get? That The chapter tactic is yeah. uh, if you stay still, you get plus one to hit. And you are immune to combat attrition. So if you remain stationary, you get plus one to hit. Yes. Nice. So um, that includes shooting and melee. So ongoing combats, you'll be plus one to hit, for example. So it's, it's kind of a strange one. It doesn't come up in every game because generally you need to be on the move. But um, it, it, it certainly can have its uses. I think its big one is in, in those ongoing melees. Um, or if you can use stratagems from the Space Marine book to, to count unit a station, really get a plus one to hit. That's good, yeah. That's a nice little combo there, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and I've got some little thoughts later we can sort of combine with that. Yeah, that's nice. Okay, cool. And then what sort of detachment abilities do you then get? So the detachment abilities. So we'll start with, um, so this is com- a completely unique element, which we haven't seen in Ninth Edition yet. And hopefully this is a sign of things to come. But there's a method to take a first company of detachment, which is a Vanguard detachment that consists of pure Deathwing or models with the inner circle keyword. Uh, that Vanguard detachment, it has your Warlord in, doesn't cost any CP. So instead of so you can get your all your Deathwing Terminators into one into one detachment, it doesn't cost you the three CP. 
absolutely great. That's that works with if you wanted to run that style of army. Sorry, just before we move on as well, it's kind of like you get your one HQ and your three elites, and that's your detachment, and you get your those three CPs refunded rather than obviously normally have to pay for them. Yes, yes. Providing though, every unit has the inner circle keyword, right? And the Deathwing keyword, yeah. All the Deathwing, yeah. So there's some units, and you'll probably correct me if I'm wrong, but that are in the Space Marine book, and when you become a Dark Angel, they gain the inner circle and Deathwing keyword, like the... Um, the, the banner. The, the Terminator uh, banner has the Deathwing keyword. And the Blade Guard? The Blade Guard Ancient, the Blade Guard have Deathwing. So if you look in that Space Marine book, they're all buried in there, Deathwing and Ravenwing keywords. So keep an eye out for those because um, they apply um, for these detachments. Yeah, nice. And every unit has to have it, doesn't it, in that detachment, right? Yeah, to, to make it work, to get your the Vanguard detachment for free and to gain another cheeky ability in the fact that your Terminators then gain objective secured. Yeah, that's nice. That's real nice. It's, it, it's good. It's good. Uh, and, you know, it sets up. If, if you wanted to run a unit of uh, an army of Terminators, you don't have to pay free CP for the privilege and you gain OBSEC, which allows you to play the mission. So actually it makes it a viable army in itself, which is, which is great. That's all we want really. So I, I was very happy to see that one. Yeah. And then there's a, there's a very similar style one for an Outrider detachment, which is pure Ravenwing. So again, the Outrider doesn't cost you any CP if your Warlord's in that detachment, if all the models in that detachment have the Ravenwing keyword. And then your bikes and um, your normal bike squads are firstborn and your Outriders, they gain OBSEC. Right, but not the actual Black Knights, right? Not Black Knights, no. It's 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 it's, it's um, when you're looking at the book, it clearly states which units have the gain obsec in both that that first company and second company detachment. So it, the, the, there's no ambiguity about it. It's very clear on what gains obsec. It's not every single Deathwing unit. It's not every single Ravenwing unit. Yeah, I really like that, and I think it's really unique to that army. In Games Workshop, they are clearly showing. Look, if you want, if your army to be all Terminators or all bikes, you can do it, and you can get that key obsec back in the game, which is nice. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So I hear something about the Sons of Lion. So um, you've got Speed of the Raven and some other stuff. So talk us through that. This is kind of your um, super doctrine. Super doctrine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So talk us through what they get, and you get this obviously if your entire army's made up of dark angels, isn't it? Yes, yeah. So again, it's, it's very interesting, and it's leaning into the, the the playing the different types of Ravenwing, Deathwing, and Greenwing. So the first one, Speed of the Raven. While a devastated doctrine is active, Ravenwing gain an extra three inch move, and can fire all weapons even if they advance at a minus one to hit. Yeah. So that is, is that is great, um, and we'll touch on it now because when Ravenwing moves, it, it gains a five plus invun via the Jink special rule, and when it advances, it gets a four plus invun. So if you're playing your Ravenwing units, you could advance them all turn one with some extra movement. You can fire all your weapons, heavy, rapid fire, assault weapons at minus one to hit, and then gain a four up in invun save. Cool, love it. I like that a lot. Yeah. It's nice. That's great. So, and then when they're in, when Dark Angels are in tactical doctrine, infantry excluding Deathwing can fire into combat, in, uh, into models in combat in engagement range at a ballistic skill of five plus. 
And that's with rapid and rapid fire and assault weapons, isn't it? Oh, sorry. Yes. Rapid fire and assault weapons. Correct. Yeah. It's just that one um, thing there and it do- doesn't include um, blast weapons. So people trying to shoot those plasma interceptors, you can't do that into combat. The one time when blast um, plasma interceptors are like, no, why have I got the blast keyword? I can't even fire them into the combat. But again, I think that's super cool. I think that's really, really nice. I um, mean, they've put, again, you know, putting a bit of a cap on it, ballistic skill five plus. So if you want to do it, comes a bit of a cost of, um, you know, hitting on a worse ballistic skill, but still good enough so you could shoot and still punch your way out of that fight if needed. Uh-huh. Yeah, so, and then the last section of it is implacable. So when the assault doctrine's active, Deathwing units can reroll wounds against characters, vehicles, and monsters. Um, the vehicles and monsters have to have eight wounds or more. But yeah, reroll wounds are so good. Yeah. Such a great ability to have. And that's obviously for turns three, four, and five. And there's so many ways through warlord traits and stratagems in this book to manipulate what doctrine you're in. Absolutely. And Games Workshop have already, um, you know, FAQ'd, you know, like we did, what, like I saw for the Blood Angels. When that unit is in that doctrine, you get the super doctrine of that as well. So you could put your bikes back into Devastator Doctrine later on in the game and they'd be able to move and, you know, shoot their rapid fire weapons. They'll get that extra three and obviously that'll, um, you know, trigger the jinx with the four plus and stuff. So um, it all kind of stacks together, which is really cool. And again, like like we've said, this is just so versatile. You could, you've got three different doctrines there that you're going to get benefit of and when we've never seen this before which i think super cool like you don't have to wait for oh i'm waiting for turn three for my army to do its thing you're like cool turn one i got something cool turn two got something else turn three do i want to move into assault do i want to stay in tactical i can do either or do i want to go back to devastator i've got those options so i think it's super good um yeah very very nice really really cool um so you spoke about jinx um there's one other rule that we haven't touched on yet and that is the inner circle so what is the inner circle what's so powerful about it and also who gets it so so basically so inner circles keyword which is typically all deathwing units so terminators blade guard um, characters characters certain characters yes um so if they have the inner circle keyword and are infantry, they gain transhuman physiology. Can't be wounded on the one, two, or three permanently. Incredible. Yeah. They auto pass morale. Um, so inner circle again applies to Dark Angels, Black Knights, the Ravenwing. So they auto pass morale, but they don't get transhuman because they're infantry. So it's just it's just useful just to make sure because you may look at the inner circle rule and go, oh, well, it doesn't apply to me because I don't get the transhuman because I'm not infantry. But the auto pass morale is useful if you're running a big unit of Black Knights, for example. Um, there, there is a little bit of a, a downside that you have to pass a le- leadership test to fall back. But uh, if you're falling back with uh, Deathwing, you, you are not terminating properly, I think. <laughs> <laughs> that's a situation you don't mind yourself being in, right? So, um, yeah. yeah, I think that's cool. I mean, it's super strong just to have that inbuilt without, because obviously we saw transhuman change to be primaris units only. This is giving those terminators that that durability. And there's so many ways to increase that durability even further. So I think that's super cool. Just expanding on this, this whole Deathwing, transhuman, um, everyone's got a bit, you know, worried about it. You know, oh my God, it's a massive problem. You know, Dark Angels are broken, etc., etc. What, two weeks ago, we were saying the same about Mortarian? He's now been forgotten. He's old news now, isn't he? Um, so it's, it is a good rule, but it is on Terminators. So, you know, they can only be in one place. They're slow. You can work around them. 
you put enough shots and enough attacks in, they will go down. And you know, the the limiting factor is their num- the, the number of models they get, and and they're slow. Like it's, I don't think you know a pure Deathwing army is 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 the answer, and I don't think it's going to break the meta. It, it'll be good. It'll be interesting and fun to play, but uh, I don't think everyone should panic. It is all going to be fine. Yeah, and you know there are certain individuals involved in playtesting that are doing their utmost to make sure that, you know, these things are coming out and they're not broken, right? So um, everything in the book should be a good option. It should, there should be an option for a strategic reason. And it's for you as a general to go, I like that. This is me. This is my play style. I'm going to go that way. But you're looking at everything has a pro and a con, right? So it either as we spoke about before, it's either a high points cost if it's got incredible rules or it might not play the mission very well. There's loads of different aspects that come into, you know, into this. And I don't think it's broken. Um, there's nothing really in the game that I feel like is broken at the moment um, that I, I'm thinking, right, this is the thing that I'm going to take to every single tournament um, because I can see value in so many different things. And there's not one thing that I'm, you know, massively worried about either because i know every single thing has a has a hard counter or a mm-hmm. um a exactly. thing that sort of you know takes it out so which is exactly what you want in the in a healthy ecosystem of a game like 40k right so um everything has to have a place for a reason i think it's super cool yeah really really nice okay cool um so what are these rights of initiation talk us to about that and why might you use this ability so this is a, a lovely little touch to go alongside your first company detachment. So, you know, if you want to take your vanguard of pure Deathwing, um, but you've got enough Terminators already, you wanted to take a Dreadnought, for example, you can spend 15 points to upgrade a Dreadnought to get the Deathwing keyword. So that means he could then slot in to that vanguard detachment without breaking that detachment. Absolutely great. And, uh, you know, there's a captain, a primaris lieutenant, Dreadnought, Land Raider, Repulsor, Storm Raven and transport second transport Terminator models are all included in there. You pay a few points, you can then put them into your Deathwing Vanguard detachment without breaking that detachment. Great, it, it suits suits the fluff of the Deathwing. You know they are usually accompanied by Land Raiders and Dreadnoughts, so they haven't forgotten that, and they allow you to do it. Yeah, so you can put your Blade Guard in a Repulsor, and you can um yeah go to town. Absolutely, yeah. Love it. Yeah, nice. And they've obviously included the Primaris Lieutenant again with the Storm Shield, essentially the Blade Guard one. So I think that's really good. I think that's really cool that you've got those um, those options. And again, it's, it's an extra points cost, but allows you to get those um, obsec terminators and, you know, still keep those three CPs. So you pay an yeah. extra, what, maybe 30, 30 points for those three CPs every day of the week. Yeah, it feels like, you know, you, you got your Deathwing and a couple of Dreadnought, Redemptor Dreadnought slotting in for, for th- paying 30 points extra to get you a bit of firepower. Seems like a good trade-off. So, um, and again, your Obsec Terminators. I like it. Yeah, I'd definitely pay 30 points for that to take three yeah. Um, Dreadnoughts. Yeah, happy days. Yeah, nice. Okay, cool. So you got 10 Warlord traits in this book. Is that right? 15 Relics, 17 Stratagems, uh, a new Psychic Power Discipline, and then three Bespoke Secondaries. And I've been looking at these secondaries, which we're going to touch on um, a little bit later, because I really want to talk about secondaries a bit more, because I think they're so important. But we're going to take a very short break, and we'll be back after this. Today's show is sponsored by Foreground Publishing. 
premium pre-painted MDF terrain perfect for your Warhammer 40k 9th edition games, as seen on the Vanguard Tactics stream and battle reports. Just unbox, build and play. And to order your set of terrain, just head over to www.foregroundpublishing.co.uk. This podcast is sponsored by C Studios, the leading commission painting service for tabletop miniatures. From placing your order, seeing the work in progress and receiving your stunning new models, Siege Studios delivers an incredible service and experience. One of the most exciting days I can ensure you is receiving that parcel at the door and unwrapping the best gift ever. To find out more about getting your army commissioned painted by the professionals, check out www.seedstudios.co.uk. Okay guys, welcome back from the break. And we're going to go into some of the play styles. We're then going to touch on some of the top relics and stratagems and warlord traits. And then we're going to touch on those secondaries. And then we'll have a little chat myself and Jack at the end with some maybe some build ideas for you guys. Um, But anyway, let's sort of push on then. We've got these three different wings. You've got your raven wing, death wing and green wing. So let's talk about some of the play styles. Let's go into the raven wing first. What Obviously, we know their bikes, so let's go into a little bit more detail about, you know, the shooty, combat, what sort of phase of the games are they playing, what are your thoughts when it comes to building out Ravenwing army? So uh, with Ravenwing, you, you, you're very quick, uh, you know, with bikes and land speeders, uh, generally, uh, as your core units. They are, you know, they have a great rate of firepower, like high firepower, and can operate with a relative amount of independence as well. You know, you can... You can ping your speeders off to go and do a job and use stratagems to buff them rather than have to use characters and things like that. So you can get around the board, um, you know, with some offset bikes. Absolutely great. And then the Deathwing, I think you're looking at more of a, it's a durable block with high melee power and again can operate with independence because they're so solid and they can hold different parts of the board. And that really sort of builds into a sort of MSU style army, doesn't it? Where you can just drop in, you've got you've got the stratagem support. They can do their thing. They don't need characters to follow them up, and they play, they they feel like they're going to play very differently to my Blood Angels, where it's all about those supporting characters. Yeah, this is much. I drop this unit, it does its thing, and I'm kind of happy with it. It can kind of trundle along now where it is. Um, which is brilliant. That's exactly what you want, and then you can put your character support elsewhere. Nice. So then, what about the green the green wing? Then how does how does that kind of differ? I think you could you could you could it, you can make a well rounded army from them. You can make them highly durable with good rate of firepower and decent melee support. But then the trade off is you you need to operate in a castle because you, you have to rely on um, characters such as Azrael and um, as as a chapter master, and he gives a four up invent bubble, for example. Um, to, to really get that durability in there and you get your re-rolls to up your damage and efficiency. So you're sort of stacking in a four plus invulnerable save on lots of either Prime Harris units or, yeah. um, you know, so then you can get the extra stratagems for Transhuman in the plus one save on maybe Gravis and then chucking the Apothecary in there. So it's kind of a real like bubble castle, isn't it? You're going to move up the centre of the table. The Deathwing, on the other hand, are dropping in. So... Are you the question is do you limit yourself to one do you mix and match are you are you going all in what are your what are uh, well, your thoughts my my personal thoughts is I, I love Ravenwing and I, I, will, I will continue to try and make a pure Ravenwing list work but I think in terms of competitive play I think I think the answer is a combination of all three in reality I think you want a little bit of each of these components to give you the you know the best well well rounded force yeah 
No, I think, you know, you, you really want to build into your play style as well, don't you? What do you enjoy? Do you like combat? Do you like mobility? Mm. And Dark Angels could be that army for you if you do like those different ways. If you love Terminators, cool. You've got, a, you've. I just think it's so, I love it. I, like, I wasn't really I that mad. Yeah. I really wasn't that mad on Dark Angels, but um, I've been painting up a, um, well, I actually converted, um, and I've posted this on our Instagram, but I think I was the first to do it. I converted a Primaris Talamaster. So we've got him on the new Storm Speeder Storm thing, Land Speeder Storm, and the model is beautiful. I've done loads of conversions for the twin assault cannons, the twin heavy bolters, um, all the bits and bobs you need, the sword, the lot, and it looks incredible. And then I thought, you know what, I'll convert all my Black Knights. That'll be a great idea, Steve. Yeah, I'll use Outriders <laughs> and uh, put uh, plasma guns on the front. And I'm like, I've done five, never again. <laughs> Don't do it, guys. You're looking at about an hour per conversion. So... um they look good. So I'm definitely going for a mixture because I'm not going to convert all my Black Knights <laughs> out of Outriders. But um, I love it. I think there's some really cool stuff in it. really feels like an army with some good tricks. So let's dive into what some of those tricks might be. Let's kick off with some of the relics that, you know, what are your top relics? So yeah, top of the tree, it was, it came in Psychic Awakening, the Pennant of Remembrance. It's had a it depends on which way you look at it. I think it's been toned down from what it was. It used to be a five-up feel-no-pain aura, um, which was incredible. But that's now been changed to select one Deathwing core unit, and it's minus one damage. So I'm on the fence if it's actually weaker or is it better now, but it's incredibly strong. It's it, it's a replacement of a banner, so you could put it on a Terminator Ancient or a Blayguard Ancient, for example. I think it's good. I think, I think, I think it's nicer. It's a bit cleaner. It's less obnoxious when you're playing Ben yes. Jones with it. So yes. um, you can kind of no, like definitely. deal, you can deal with it. You can put it on one unit, then you can, you can ignore that unit if you're the opponent and concentrate on another. So before it was like every single unit's included in this aura. It's all, they're all bad choices, aren't they? Yeah. And you can still put a six plus feel no pain in there, can't you? So you can still yeah. have, you can still get a six plus and the reduced damage. So I think it's pretty good. And it all depends on the power coming in, which we've kind of spoke about with the Death Guard. And um, if you want to listen to a little bit more about that, then you can listen to Max in terms of, um, you know, what he spoke about in terms of the Death Guard and some of the efficiencies that get broken down by their disgusting resilience change. So I like it. So minus one damage on a core unit, love it. So if you've got a big block of 10 Terminators, you stick it on them and they're, mm -hmm. they're happy. Um, what, what other sort of relics are there that are, you know, really singing out to you? So I've picked one out for the Raven Wing. Um, the reliquary of the, re the Repentant. I've, uh, I'm pretty sure I've butchered it, but... Uh, I think you have. I think you have, but it's fine. <laughs> we'll, move, we'll skirt over it, yeah. But but what this does, um, within three inches of the bearer, so it has to go on a Raven Wing model, it's minus one Inven save. Um, to a max of five plus. So basically it'll turn a three up to a four up and a four up to a five up, but doesn't turn a five up to a six up. Um, so it, it's absolutely great. There's lots of models and units such as, let's, let's take Wraiths or Blayguard themselves or on a four up Invan that rely on those those good Invan saves to survive. You can just ping this biker in and um, just really take away their, take out the efficiencies of their Invan and um, blast them away. Yeah, I like that. Nice. Yeah, I think it's brilliant. You know, anytime you can sort of manipulate that stuff is awesome. All right, what's your third pick? So yeah, I've gone for the Cup of Retribution, which goes on the Chaplain. So basically, it's a once-per-battle litany that auto-passes, and it's plus one attack in an aura. <laughs> 
have an have an extra attack, everybody. Go on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And there's um, I think there's a warlord trait to get plus one strength and an aura if you charge and stuff. So you could kind of you could build a synergies around that if you wanted. Um, you know, if I'm thinking about that kind of green wing castle that you know sits there, it's got some good fire and it's got some combat units, and then you know when the time when when it's, when, you, when you need to strike, you, you pop your also pass and litany and uh, and, and get, go on your merry way and um, finish off your opponent. I think it's nice. Yeah, I like that. I've got a relic if I can throw it in the mix. If you'll let me have a pick. Yeah, go on then. Go for it. Okay. <laughs> You're like, I'm not sure, Steve. We didn't discuss this prior. <laughs> um, okay. So I like this one and it is the um, Eye of the Unseen. If you are in engagement range, you can put a fight last on a character. Yeah. Now, the reason why I like it is I think... Is it the best one? Maybe not, but I like it if we start to see an uprise of Mortarions, Magnuses, Silent yeah. Kings. It is a really nice counter to give you some play. And I think if you put that on a bike captain, on a um, on your apothecary on bike, whatever, some, somebody good mobility just needs to make that charge. He gets in, cool mortar, you're fighting last, Deathwing Terminators pick you up. I think it's really, really clutch. Rather than having, um, you know, the Silent King makes you fight last, there's Death Guard things that make you fight last. And I'm sure there's going to be other things in the future that will do the same. I don't know. I like it. I think it's it can be clutch for those moments. Remember, obviously, a lot of people make their knights characters as well. Um, and I know my knights aren't particularly prevalent at the moment, but who knows what's coming around the corner? So yeah, I think it. I don't know. I think it could be good. I think it could be good. No, definitely. I like it. And I only like it because you can put it on a bike character, whereas it's not like you're waiting for a Judas uh, who's like, oh, come on, mate, keep up, will you? You know, it's nice that you can just put on a bike, get him in, cool, you're fighting last character, you're going down. I like it. So let's go Warlord Traits, mate. Cool. So um, first one I've gone for is Brilliant Strategist, which allows you to roll back. You pick one unit and you can roll back the Doctrine. So this works nicely for Ravenwing. So you can pick a unit in your command phase, you know, pick a unit of bikes. They can go back into Devastator Doctrine, get their extra three-inch move. They can advance and shoot again, get the four-up inven. I think it works very nicely for those guys. And there's a stratagem, right, to put another unit with the four-plus inven? Um, well, you're skipping ahead a little bit, mate, yeah. I know, but I'm, I'm just trying to stack the combos in while we talk about it. I didn't want to forget. The four-plus inven strat is for Ravenwing vehicles. Vehicles. Ah, okay. Um, okay. But there's an there is another CP stratagem to put to pick a unit and put it in and select a doctrine for it. Cool. So you can you you can put two quite easily back into Devastator Doctrine. Nice. Or you can if you use the strat, you could say put your Deathwing into um, Assault Doctrine turn one, and if you had opportunity to charge, for example, or if your Green Wing got hit in combat and got tied up, cool one CP into Tactical Doctrine, they're firing into combat. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, love that. That is my favourite strat in this book. Spoiler alert. You're pretty much taking that every every time, aren't you? That's straight in. Okay, what's your next one? So yeah, F- Fury of the Lion. I uh, touched on this previously. It's the aura plus one strength on a charge. You know, get, get in Space Marines to strength four to strength five is such a good break point in terms of, um, you know, what you're usually going to be fighting, uh, mo- mostly toughness four models or toughness five models. There's a lot of it in the meta. Getting plus one strength on the charge, I think, is um, really big in an aura. I think going aura base is certainly the way forward, isn't it, with Warlord traits typically? 
Definitely. Yeah, so that rolls us into the next one, which is Decisive Tactician. Again, an aura of plus one to advance and charge. So yeah. if you're maybe like Deathwing, you're a little bit slow, you can use this to just to get a little bit more pace. You can't uh, advance and charge, unfortunately. But if you're you know dropping out of Deep Strike, you can get yourself onto an eight, potentially as well. So it, it, it's definitely a good one there. Yeah, love it. I think it's really nice, yeah. And then the last one um, I've gone for is a Deathwing-specific one, which is called Watched, which is a once-per-game auto-deny. Don't have to roll. It just shuts down a psychic power. Nice. Very nice. It's, yeah, it's, uh, I, I used to run it previously. Um, I think it's a nice little trick to have in your sleeve, especially in the tournament uh, environment. Some armies are so reliant on their psychic power to go off at a certain time. And you, and you could just turn it off at any given moment. It keeps your opponent on the edge because they don't know when you're going to do it. And also your army heavily relies on invulnerable saves. So if they've got a, a Jinx, a Null Zone, a Death Hex, you're like, nah, no thank yeah. you. I'm keeping my 10 whoever alive Terminators on the 4 plus invulnerable save alive. So no, you're not having that. Or you want to double move and just get on that objective to take it off me? No. Harbequins, I'm going to double move these unit of bikes to come and smash you in turn one. No, you're not. You stay. You can stay out in the open and be shot now. It's 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 obviously situational, but it's so powerful when it comes up. Yeah, I think it's almost worth spending a CP to take the additional wall or trait if you're in a Deathwing army. I, I agree. I think you have that in your list because of those moments where you do come up against a psychic heavy army and you just need to turn off that one key power at that key time that wins them the game. You just go no, yeah. it's not happening. I think it's too strong not to take in a tournament setting where you have no idea who you're going to be going up against. It goes in, straight in. Yeah. Love it. Nice. All right, let's talk a little bit about uh, psychic powers then. So we've touched on Warlord traits. You've covered all the ones that I love. Then you, obviously you've still got access to all the great uh, Space Marine ones anyway. So there's too many to pick from, if anything. So let's talk about psychic powers. This is a tree you get extra. So again, you've still got the ability to pick from the, you know, regular Space Marine ones. If you want your Psychic Fortress, your Null Zone, your Veil of Time, you've still got access to it. But if you want a bit of extra Dark Angel Spice, uh, then you can go for this one. So you've You've picked out uh, a few for us, so quickly run through them and why you think they're great. I tried to say to three, and I had to pick five. Um, <laughs> so the, the the one I haven't picked is just basically another smite. Boring. We'll move on. Yeah. So we'll get straight into it. Mindworm, you could, you could pick a unit and make it fight last within 18 inches. Strong. That's, that's awesome. You know, like it's it, it works very well with Space Wolves. They have a very similar power. It's... It's, it's so good. It's that, that's great. A big thumbs up on that one. Aversion is then it's a range of twenty four. It gives a minus one to hit um, on on the enemy unit, and if that unit is within six of the psyker, they have to subtract one for their attack characteristics as well. Oh, especially on those characters that rely on like sweep attacks or something. Yeah, where it's like you remove a characteristic, so then they don't get to duplicate it. Ugh, grim. Yeah, nice. Uh, it's uh, it's uh, it's probably number five on my list out of these top five, but it's still a useful power. Then the next one, Righteous Repugnance. Pick, e pick one of your units. That unit can reroll all hits and wounds in combat. Really? Yeah. Wow. That's uh, that is some powerful stuff. So, um, you know, if you want to send a unit of Black Knights in early doors, you can cast that, cast that on them. On, yeah, it's 12-inch range. You can get your Psyker in there, put it on your Black Knights. The Black Knights can go in. 
they don't need any more character support at that time. They can then operate independently, do a job, and um, and do that. Or, or yeah, on a death wing, absolutely great on them as well. Such a good power. Yeah, nice. Go on. What's the next one? Engulfing fear. So this yeah. has a range of twenty four inches. You can turn obsec off and stop actions potentially as well. And also you turn it off regardless of the number of enemy models that are within range of that objective. So they could have 20 models on it and you yep. could have one, one model and you still claim it. It's, it's nuts, that one. 24 inch range. It's, um, you know, if you if you start coupling that up, say, to, let's say you've got your Raven Wing detachment, which is, um, you know, all bikes gain obsec. You can fly a unit of obsec bikes across the board, you know, just a three man unit, casting golf in fear. They got a 30-man blob on it. No, thank you. I'll, I'll take that off, you kind of thing. So absolutely great power. Yeah. <laughs> okay, go on, next one. Mind wipe. Range of range of 18. You can um, pick a unit and to the start of your next psychic phase, that unit you loses an aura ability. Right, nice. So what was quite interesting about that one is, you know, Mortarian's got his turns off your aura abilities. But if you cast this power on him, you can turn off his turn off if you, to, to cancel that out before he comes near you. Wow. So that means you'll keep your re-rolls. So that means Mortarion will have to back off, basically. Um, right. So list, list build then, I'm thinking, you know, back in, I think, was it 7th edition? There was like, if you had three librarians, you could do some sort of, I'm thinking librarian, like triple librarian in a um, Dark Angel list. I'm, you know, I, I, as I said, I'm trying to build a pure Ravenwing list. And fortunately, you can't get a librarian in Ravenwing. I, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to figure out what the best way to get one in. I think they're too good not to take. Oh, mate, you're taking, you're taking at least two, maybe even three. And I think with this, because obviously Null Zone is still so good. Um, and Veiler time for fight first and reroll charges. And remember, if you take the ability to upgrade one and you get that plus one to cast, yeah. you def because some of those powers are casting on a seven rather than a six. So you bang that on the one that you really need to go off. And then you can still pick Null Zone from the other um, ability anyway. May I think at least double Libby is the way forward with Dark Angels because they're too good not to take. Yeah, that, they're insane. They're so good absolutely unreal like that is worth they are so good it's worth paying an extra two cps just to fit in a patrol to unlock an extra librarian and a, you know that's what i'm looking at it's a you know a patrol or an auxiliary detachment just to put a librarian in just to um to yeah. get access to the powers you know which is great you know you look at the death guard powers most of them again have utility you look at these this discipline it's all useful stuff i think um you know in again it's that's how well these books are coming forward now is that there's there's, there's not there's less stuff that's not useful like, like all this stuff has a use like even the one i haven't covered which is a double smite okay it's still 2d3 more wounds coming out yeah Exactly. No, I think that's a great thing. There's there's play in all this stuff. Um, yeah. And depending on the build, and that's exactly what we want from a game. So every time you get to the table, it's not, okay, here's the Dark Angel build that I played in the game before because it's the only way to run it. No, it's like you're playing Dark Angels. Ah, this is different, right? What does yours do? That's beautiful. Yeah, you got to study that list, haven't you? That's beautiful about the game. Absolutely amazing. Okay, cool. So, right, we've covered that. Let's go into your top stratagems. You don't need to cover them all, but give us your top ones and yeah, what they do and why. Cool. So I've gone for full throttle, which allows if a Ravenwing unit advanced, it can then move 12 inches again. 
and it's for um, depending on unit size, one or two CP. Cool. So strong, double move, lovely. Yeah, especially if you've got your obsec bikes, you know you can really catch someone off guard by you know advancing them twenty inches, moving another twelve, so thirty-two inches. You've then just delivered obsec across the board, basically. Yeah, nice on a big blob of just your regular bikes, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so nice, that's that'd be great. real good. The next one is yeah. no foe too great to subdue. Deathwing unit can get plus one to wound and AP against a vehicle or monster for two CP. Okay. And then if also you're in your assault doctrine, then you're re-rolling wounds as well, right? Yes. Yeah. Beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. So the next one is tactical appraisal, which is one CP. This is one we mentioned earlier. A unit within six of a warlord can choose a combat doctrine. So you can choose to put a Ravenwing back into dev or, you know, your Greenwing into tactical early or your Deathwing into melee early. It's got so, it's, it's such a great stratagem to have. So I can, if I got my, I keep banging on about a unit of six flamer aggressors. Yep. So then I can put them constantly into tactical doctrine so that no matter if they're in combat, they don't need to worry about ballistic skill five because they're just going to flame you in combat. I think that is incredible. So they're fighting you, they're flaming you, there's no ballistic skill. I'm loving that. Cool. Loving it. Yeah. Straight in my basket. What's next? Uh, next one is the hunt. Yeah. Again, based on unit size, it's a pre-game move with a Ravenwing unit. So this is big. It's potentially very powerful. So this is one you need, if you're facing Dark Angels, need to be very aware of, especially if they come to the table, say, with 10 Black Knights. Yeah, that, that unit can be moving um, 14 inches pre-game and then... It could then move 17 inches turn one because the plus three and then charge. Or it could advance for 23 and still shoot. So if you're coming up against this, just be very careful where those Black Knights or any Ravenwing unit could get to on turn one to, to work on an angle to get around your your, your ruin, for example. It's, it's a great stratagem. Um, it's got to be, yeah, I, mean, I, I love it. What I notice when digging in, into this book is that um, say land speeders only cost two CP to move in pregame. Yeah, and it's all Ravenwing units, which I think is really cool. Yeah, oh, that is very good. And it doesn't say unless I've missed something. It doesn't look like it's once per game only. No, I, I did check that. So um, I was asked that question when I was playtesting. He said, "What's your limitation?" I said, zero. Well, I said, "Actually, no. It's until I run out of CP." Is is the answer? Because two to three is quite expensive, isn't it? But yeah. yeah, cool. Love it. Nice. I think it's super good. It just really puts your opponent on the back foot. Um, and obviously you do this knowing if you're going first or second. So what that yeah. also means, remember guys, you don't always have to move forward. You could always move backwards, which might seem a little bit silly, but I do this all the time with my uh, death company. If I go second, I can frontline them. Cool. If I'm going first, brilliant. And if I'm going second, I'll just spend the two CPs and chuck them behind a obscuring building or something. So he's got defensive abilities there where you can really throw off your opponent in terms of counter deploying and stuff like that so um yeah i think it's good really really good cool yeah. right so what's next and the next one is swift strike again it's two or three cp you can fall back after directly after you've fought in combat with a ravenwing unit so again that could be your unit of black knights go flying in you could charge a unit that you know you won't kill and that will do you damage in return but you can go in do some minor damage to it and then you could fall back out of combat and into safety. Or again, you know, I, I want to start looking at the option of getting using it on land speeders. So you could, you know, you could potentially move pre-game, 
shoot around a corner to get some good line of sight and ruin, then look to a charge a unit to then spend two CP to then fall back 16 inches behind another ruin. Um, it's, it's got some great plays in it, and I'm looking forward to getting stuck in and, and playing out on the tabletop with, uh, in particular, those kind of two stratagems for the Ravenwing. So you're, you're kind of using it as a cheeky little fire and fade, aren't you? Basically, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I like that. Yeah, yeah. Or what you could do with your bikes is, cool, I'm going to go in, hit that Imperial Knight or whatever it is. I'm just using a knight as an example because we can all imagine yeah. what one looks like. Go in, hit it as hard as you can. Oh, cool. I'm just going to fall back and move block you or whatever it might be. You know, obviously, as, as long as it can't move over you. So, yeah. Awesome. I absolutely love that. And that's a really great way of penning your opponent in and saying, look, I'm on a four plus and vulnerable save. Shoot me. But you're going to, you know, spend all your time shooting me, protecting the rest of my army. Cool. Love, love that. Um, really, really nice. Really, really nice. Uh, the Harlequins have got something similar and it is so powerful. Okay, cool. What's the next one? So it's targeting guidance. So 2CP, you can pick a unit within 18 inches of a land speeder and your whole army gets plus one to hit. Okay. Yeah. Brilliant. Especially with now the change of the core keyword, because this is now any Dark Angel unit can start to get that plus one to the hit roll. So now your your vehicles could be hitting on twos. Vehicles, et cetera. So it, it gives you good utility with um, using non-core units. It's it's pricey, um, for, but if you've got a key unit that you need to kill, it, it, it's, uh, it, it's, it's a great strategy. Yeah, to have like your biggest, hardest vehicle hitting on twos all game, I'd pay two CPs if that's what you've really invested in, whether it's a, I don't yeah. know, like a repulsor or something. You're like, yeah, I want this thing to go nuts. Then yeah, you give it that in happy days. Love that. Okay. And I think, um, you know, we touched on at the top of the episode, um, talking about overall power and obvious power and stuff like lots of these stratagems are good and two to three CP. So you're not doing it three or four times a game. Some of these combos, you get to do it like once or twice. And it's just kind of learning how to, you know, as a dark angels player, how to best use your CP. And, you know, as a dark angels opponent is to, to know they can only do certain things a certain amount of the times. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So it's the next one. It's called status shell two CP. If you're hit with the Nastartes grenade launcher, which is found on the Ravenwing um, Black Knights or some of the Ravenwing command squad, you can't fall back. Okay. Full stop. (laughs) Job done. You're staying still, lad. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. Incredible. I think it's a bit situational. But when it comes up, it's great. You know, I, if I'm playing my tower against Dark Angels, I'm asking where that grenade launcher is. Where is it? Tell me where it is now. I'm going to shoot it off the table as quickly as possible. Yeah, that's absolutely brilliant. Yeah. Love that. It's so good. Yeah. It's brilliant. Okay. And then... Especially with the mobile combat army. That's amazing. All right, cool. Go on yeah. then. We've got, you've got two more to go for, haven't you? Go on. What, what's your next one? Weapons of the Dark Age is back. It returns. It's exactly the same as it was. Plus one damage to all plasma. It's obviously great for your plasma receptors, black knights. It does cost probably quite rightly two CP now. Yeah, nice. It's so again you know, strong, but you got to pay the points for it. Absolutely, I think you know when you start seeing re- reduced damage by one, it makes you know these guys are the plasma specialists. It, it, it they get around that minus one damage, but they'll do work, and it might make hell blasters more viable, for example, or and things like that. But um, you know, for me, it's on those black knights. Yeah, and I think, you know, we've just seen, you know, Death Guard come out, who are a hard counter to who was probably the biggest baddie before, which was, um, you know, I'm going to put out there the Blood Angels. 
Blood Angels come out looking strong. Death Guard come out, Blood Angels, bye-bye. All of a sudden, Dark Angels come out and all of a sudden, Death Guard, you're like, nah, get back in your box. So <laughs> it's great that we've got these really nice counters to each army where, as a general, you're going to have to think hard about Right, what does I need to do in order to get around this? Um, and I'm going to be running another masterclass soon, actually, uh, which is going to be on the 21st of this month of February. And it's a free masterclass to attend. And all the details are going to be on our um, email list. And if you want to see what that is, and also every Tuesday, I also put out a top tip Tuesday where I go into writing a short article, keep it short and snappy. And I give my top tips on, you know, I pick a topic on the top of the game and I go over in a little bit of detail to give you guys. So if you want to sign up for that email list and also get access to that masterclass where we're going to touch on this stuff in a lot more detail in terms of play concepts, then um, yeah, it's completely free. So check out the um, website and just sign up with your email address and just make sure you tick that button to get emails from us for marketing. It's not really marketing. It's just, here's a free course and here's some free information most weeks. So um, yeah, we want to add as much value to you as we can, along with letting you know um, you know, when our shows are coming out, when the streams are happening, what armies we're using, etc. So anyway, sorry, Jack, I thought that would be just a good time to sort of plug that before I forgot. What's your last one? One last stratagem. So it's intractable. So that is two CP allows you to fall back and shoot with a unit. So that, that's great. Um, and it also means you don't have to pass the leadership test if you're falling back with a unit of Deathwing. So you can always get your Deathwing out of combat if you needed to and, and shoot. Um, which is great, but um, but something to remember if you're running bikes and land speeders, there's a one CP strand codex space marines as well. I think um, it's it's uh, something to remember that uh, there's a nice shiny tool in Dark Angels book, but there's a there's, a, there's an equivalent in the space marine codex for bikes and speeders at any cost you want. So you can have two units falling back and shooting. Love it. All that, yeah. Nice. Okay. Cool. So. Let's go into the, um, I want to touch on the secondaries yeah. because I really like, there's actually one I think is good and I think there's one that I think is brilliant. So I'm, I want to see if we're on the same page. So okay. the first, the first secondary, which is called purge the enemy, where you basically, it's a, um, it's called Martial Interdiction. It's in the Purge the Enemy category. You score six victory points if you select an enemy that was destroyed by a melee attack um, from a Dark Angels model, and you basically have to kill that character. You select a character, and if you kill him in combat, you get so many points. If you did it with an inner circle or Deathwing, you get some more, and you score some more if it was um, that unit was destroyed, has not itself been destroyed as well. So the unit that killed it didn't get killed. I don't, I think it's so situational. I don't think you're going to use it that much, but the next one under no mercy, no respite called death on the wind, I think is brilliant. Score two victory points at the, each time an enemy unit is destroyed by an attack. So that's combat or shooting made by a Raven wing model from your army that moved 12 or more during the movement phase, which you're probably going to be doing. Um, there's nothing to say you can't move left or right. Um, and or made a charge that turn. So it's basically two VPs for a kill point, which I think is great because that's to max that out to even get to 14 points, you only have to kill seven units. Yeah, I was playing pure Ravenwing. Um, that's their easy secondary because everything in your army is Ravenwing. So everything that you kill account, accounts to that. And um, it also frees up another, it's no no mercy, no respite. It's not the best category as well. So it's a really good option in that kind of, um, yeah, in that group of secondaries as well. 
because it doesn't interfere with, um, you know, like engaged all fronts or domination and it doesn't interfere with scramblers or banners. Uh, but I actually really like this other one, which is um, stubborn defense. In your first command phase, select one objective marker at the end of each of your command phases after that. If you control that objective marker with a Dark Angels unit from your army, that is the objective secured ability, score a number of victory points based on the consecutive number of your command phases that you've controlled that objective for. And basically, um, if you hold it for turns two, three, four, and five, you get two at the end of turn two, three at the end of turn three, five at the end of turn four, and five at the end of turn five. Um, so all you need to do um, is literally stick your obsec unit onto your own objective and you just sit there with your obsec unit and providing your opponent doesn't take you off it. Uh, so if you're running a green castle, this is epic just to get a big 15 points in the bag. Or if you're a Vanguard Detachment Deathwing, it could be unit terminators with obsec. Um, Absolutely, yeah. You know, it's it's very strong. Uh, I, I'm not going dis- to disagree with that. It's potentially very easy, 15 points. You know, if I, I'm looking at this, say, with my Tau, I'm going to let you have it until turn three, and then I'm going to try, try and shoot you off of SMS on turn four. So you, you only get five points. It's dangerously on the territory that you also take it without too much thought. So just remember to consider your opponent's army if they got artillery, um, for example, or you know, you, you know, your blood angels, they could fly across the board. A death company, for example, or, or whatever or harlequins they can get across. It's it's, uh, it's not an auto pick for every game, but in a lot of games, it's very good. Yeah, or if you're going up against another dark angel player and they got that horrible librarian that can go, nope, obsec for you, son, straight in. Put your one bike on it and take it off them. Thank you. Yeah, game over. You're not scoring that one. You're starting back from the bottom of the pile again. Um, So yeah, absolutely. But I think those two, what a beautiful codex to have two really good secondaries in it to think, yeah, these are good. I like these. So um, I just wanted to touch on them because I thought it was beautifully written. Like, love it. Absolutely. Um, No, I think that's awesome. So let's just round this off then, Jack. Um, Couple of, um, or like what sort of units... You, would you be including into why? And if obviously we'll put some list ideas over on the um, blog page, but um, yeah, what are you thinking in terms of some, maybe a couple of combinations? So I'm definitely looking at Black Knights. Um, I think the size of the unit is something I'm trying to figure out. Is it five, is it 10, or is it maybe around eight or seven to, to, to get into the right sweet spot in terms of points? Cause they are pricey. And then you're looking at the com- the early game threat with them that they can pre pre game move, and then they can get in your opponent's face with the weapons of the dark age or plus extra damage on the plasma, for example. So that's I think I'm definitely anchoring lists around a unit of black knights. Certainly, um, the Talamasters as well. I think they're great. They they are the Ravenwing lieutenants and land speeders. So they're characters. They can't be targeted. They've put out, um, they've got twin assault cannon and twin heavy bolter, so they put out a lot of firepower. Um, and they hit on twos now, which is great. So um, they can be very reliable and they can be kept quite safe. So those are my two two big ones that I'm, I, I kind of, of, some of the first models that I put into any kind of list that I'm looking at at the moment. And then your double librarian, obviously. Yeah, and trying to trying to get a librarian. Um, I'm desperately trying to hang on to the the pure Ravenwing at the moment, so I want to keep. But I think I, I need I need to do a test with the librarian, see how much of a benefit he does offer, because uh, I think the answer is going to be quite a lot. Yeah, I agree. I think so. Um, and also, just having a little bit of 
just core troops in there. Great for doing banners or actions and stuff on the backfield, which just gives you that ability to zone out your backfield, um, you know, to make sure that you can hold that while the bikes go forward. Because I think one of the biggest weaknesses against a Raven Guard army, or if I was playing against Raven Guard, I'd be like, right, I'm taking line breaker because I know you're coming at me. I know you're going to be in the midfield very quickly. Uh, so you're probably going to leave your backfield quite overextended. Um, and I think that's where, you know, use of like some of the land speeders with longer range might be useful so they can just sit at the back, um, you know, maybe give a bit of support, do a bit of um, zoning out or, you know, taking advantage of that stratagem to get that plus one to hit. So I think there's, I think that's really nice. Is there any support characters you like? This is a, this is a must include support character. Right. If you're running that green wing um, model with the castle, you need Azrael. He's so good. He gives you that four up in Venora. He's a chapter master. So you can give one unit reroll all hits. He gives you two CP if he's your warlord as well. He's he's so good. Yeah, that's nice. And then obviously your chief the apothecary goes straight in that basket as well. Probably a banner. Really yeah. get the use of that. So you're shooting when you're dying. You're you're getting a plus one to hit on a unit. You're getting that six plus feel no pain. That's kind of where you really castle up in. That's a real pillar, isn't it, of an army? And then maybe a little bit of MSU on the outskirts or maybe like a, a small unit of bikes, maybe a small unit of Deathwing just to drop in, be a bit of harassment on your opponent's backfield. I love it. No, So, Jack, is there anything else you want to cover before we, um, you know, head this off? No, I, I think that's me. I'm just, um, you know, I've played a couple of games. I've really enjoyed playing with a new codex. It's, it, yeah, really enjoying it. And um Looking forward to getting, getting more and more games in and getting more experience and really leverage the power out of this book. And we're going to have a battle report coming out very soon where the Dark Angels are going to be taking on the Death Guard. So I know it's going to be hard for you because you're watching your one army play <laughs> against, uh, or your. Are you going to be running the Dark Angels? Are you going to be running the Death Guard? Which one are you going to be taking? I'm taking Dark Angels. You're taking your Dark Angels, love it. So um, Joe will be on the, um, or myself will be on the Death Guard. Um, it'll be an interesting game, can't wait. So uh, that battle report will be coming out very, very soon um, or, you know, within the next few weeks anyway, by the time we've got it filmed and edited and we've took our production value to that next level, I can assure you. So I'm extremely excited to actually film this one with all the new gear that we've got to bring you guys the best formatted and uh, competitive sort of battle reports that we possibly can. So anyway, Jack, I just want to say a massive thank you, mate, for your time tonight, all the work you've done prior to this. Um, it, I know a huge amount of work goes into this. So uh, from myself, thank you so much. I know the listeners who really, really enjoy this. All of our numbers are up. Um, so again, thank you to all the new listeners and subscribers of the show. And if you do like it, make sure you subscribe because then obviously you get that notification when we do drop a new video. Um, if you really like it, give us a review on iTunes or Spotify, because again, it helps us, um, you know, gauge where we're at with the level of content. Is it too advanced? Is it not advanced enough? Where do we want it? What do you like? Um, let us know. It's great feedback. And also it helps us reach more people. Um, so again, thank you so much. And again, thank you to all of our sponsors of the show as well from Entoyment, um, who are our, you know, friendly local gaming store that support us. So if you are out there at the moment, do support your friendly local gaming store um, because they are going through a tough time with COVID and things like that. So do support them where you can, even if it's, I'm just going to buy a few paints to, you know, push along a hobby project. Do, you know, do that. Support your, because your, your, you're going to want these local gaming schools open when um, all things return to normal. So do support them. Thanks to Ford ground in uh, C Studios in JW Gaming all over the show sponsors so until next week um, thank you so much for listening and we'll see you then take care